talking about video games. Yeah! Hello, everyone listening, and thank you very much for joining us on the Donkey Kong Artist Podcast. I am Patrick Shanley, one of your hosts, and joining me is my co-host and friend, Edmund Arnold. Edmund, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks, Pat. How are you doing? That was, that was so crisp and curt. Yeah, I'm doing fine. I have nothing to complain about. Everything's well. I'm alive. I'm breathing. So, All good I guess things. that's good. Well, uh, things are not so good for the people over at uh, EA Games, and particularly for Visceral Games, because they've shut it down, in case you haven't heard. Yeah, that sucks. Uh, never, you want, never want to hear anyone losing their jobs. That's a terrible thing to hear. Yeah, and it's something that a lot of people were excited about. If you don't know, Visceral Games was behind the Dead Space games, which scared the crap out of me when I was younger, and would probably still scare the crap out of me. Uh, and they were also working on an upcoming single-player Star Wars game, uh, which has been scrapped as far as we know at this point. No, it hasn't been scrapped. They're revamping it. Uh, so, but yeah, but that means scrap, does it not? Like, it's not going to be the same game. Yeah, no, it's not going to be the same game. So I, I think it's like one of those things that you say before you go ahead and scrap it, all, all of whatever they're going to do with it, but it sounds like EA is on the verge of just ending this game, but they said they are going to revamp it. It seems odd to me that they were working on a Star Wars game while they already have another Star Wars game set to come out. Because Star Wars Battlefront 2 is coming out next week. Why? Star Wars should have at least four titles coming out per year. From the same you studio? Have, from this, if you're going to have the same company, might as well. The companies are so diverse because they have these mini studios attached to them that you can assign different projects to the different studios and you can have diverse experience within that same company. But Star Wars is so big that you should have like at least four titles. They should have like Battlefront come out every two years. They should have a single player come out every, what, four years. They should have, like, some type of Telltale game and whatever else. Like, one of those obscure type focuses. Star Wars is that big, yeah. in my opinion, so why not? No, I agree with you. I mean, it's one of the biggest brands, if not the biggest brand in the world, particularly with what we're seeing with their movies. There have been more Star Wars movies in the last couple of years than there have been Star Wars games. In fact, over the last decade, decade and a half, there really aren't that many Star Wars games for something as huge as it is as an IP. Why aren't there more Star Wars games? That's, that's what I don't understand, and it seems like we're seeing so many Star Wars games get canceled, and it doesn't seem like we're getting that many Star Wars games getting uh, like started. Like in, That doesn't make sense, because Star Wars across the board is doing well. I believe their comics are selling very well. The Darth Vader comic, like one of the saving graces to Marvel right now. Their books do very well. Their movies do very well. Their television shows do well. So I don't understand why they haven't cornered the gaming market as well. You know, when you have an active audience out there. I mean, obviously, like people are clamoring for it. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two is going to be a huge game, regardless of any trepidations that people might have. It's going to sell <laughs> because it has the Star Wars name on it, and we're also seeing a new time period in it. It's in between Return of the Jedi and in between The Force Awakens. So, like that for me alone is exciting. But yeah, absolutely. what sucks about Visceral shutting down is that it was going to be more of you said it before before we started talking. Um, that it was going to be like a Witcher-style Star Wars game. Well, you know, that first one-person story-driven game set in the Star yeah. Wars universe. A single-player action experience that we haven't really seen 
in a Star Wars game since, I think, the um, Force Unleashed. I was excited to see that type of video game. I didn't hear much about it. It was kind of interesting to see a bunch of video game gatekeepers go up in arms about that, wanting to see that game completed or being upset when I didn't see anyone talk about it before. So that was really interesting. Other than that, it's, yeah, it's upsetting because it's like a big middle finger to people like me because they're saying basically single-player games aren't important. We need to streamline more of these multiplayer experiences because that's what's selling. Yeah, I mean, obviously this is a business, but what it comes down to is like we want a Destiny, right? We want a we Halo. Want a Star Wars Destiny yeah, exactly. type thing. Uh, how do you feel about, if in case you haven't seen it, uh, EA Executive Vice President Patrick Soderlund? Uh, he's... Swedish, I'm assuming. I don't know how to pronounce that name correctly. Uh, but he released the statement that they were shutting down Visceral Games. And the statement itself got a couple people upset. There's nothing inflammatory in there, but it is very much uh, not what a lot of people wanted to hear. How do you feel about it, eh? Well, you know, it's upsetting. You don't want to see people losing their jobs ever. Visceral was behind Dead Space, and I never played Dead Space because it was a little bit too scary for me. It's a spooky But game. everyone who got their hands on Dead Space said it was one of the top games of that survival, action survival genre there is. So yeah. horror genre, whatever that is. If you like pooping your pants, it. so, it's up there. And it, they'll behind, they're also behind like The Godfather, which I enjoyed back in 2007. It wasn't like a big game that people were clamoring about, but... I, I had a lot of fun with it. So, I mean, they were behind a lot of great games, so you never want to see people lose their jobs. And then, you know, but that's... I guess that's the industry right now? It seems like it. I mean, uh, look, the, the statement itself made it seem pretty much exactly what we're saying. Like, we don't think we would have made enough money doing this. Let, let me just read a little bit of it, I guess. This is Soderlund. It has become clear that to deliver an experience that players will want to come back to and enjoy for a long time to come, we needed to pivot the design. So that sentence alone is just saying, look, a one-time playthrough, um, one-player experience is not profitable in today's market where you're constantly releasing DLC and there's multiplayer and these games have longer shelf lives. That's what it sounds I like guess, to me. Yeah, I guess, because it sounded like, I mean, Amy Henning was in the, on it, and Amy Henning was the, one of the writers, or I think the main writer from the first three Uncharted games. Mm -hmm. And then they had Jade Raymond, who was the producer from Assassin's Creed, so they, it was going to be a single-player experience, and apparently they want that Destiny-type experience where people are going back to every year, because I think his, um, he says something like, what is he saying? You know, the industry's evolving faster, more dramatically than before, so, you know, just read between the lines there, they want that Destiny-type experience. They want an MMO-type experience for people they're coming back to, which doesn't make sense, because people can come back to a single experience, single-player experience, if you're updating it. Well, I, so I, I do that all the time. Well, well, look at Skyrim. Skyrim was released, what, six, almost seven years ago now, and I... I still play that game, which is a single-player game, and I just explore the world that they built with it. Yeah, but I don't know if Sky... Well, it doesn't have a story, Skyrim I guess. still making that type of money. Sure. Because it's like Grand Theft Auto V is still selling top 10 games every month, and that's because their online component is making them a lot of money. But then on the other hand, Breath of the Wild has been selling outstandingly this year, and that's a single-player experience. And then you have, uh, what else was, Horizon sold very well this year, and that was a single-player experience. But on the other hand, you have Overwatch, 
Right. You have like Injustice Two that was selling very well. So you, it, the the market is turning towards multiplayer experiences. It makes a weird question because you brought up examples of first, but no, I keep saying first person uh, single player games that are successful this year particularly. And like you said, Zelda is such a great example of it because it's likely going to be game of the year. And it is a game that, first off, it's a genre or a, a franchise that has existed for over 30 years that people are still clamoring for. It is still at the top of its game, and it's still that old school playing it, uh, one person sitting down playing through a story. Uh, it's not just playing through the story. There's lots more to do in it. But still, I don't think that they're dying but these types of studios being shut down is, I think it's rightfully a little bit scary or puts uh, a couple people ill at ease because of what this might signal going forward. Well, yeah, and these big studios are putting money towards projects that are geared towards more multiplayer, and that is very upsetting. Especially if you're one of those gamers like me that doesn't really like playing with other people. But you can t definitely see that that's, and you're right, that's where it's going. But, okay, so let me ask you this. Because I would say I lean more towards where you are. I like playing by myself. I don't particularly love... I like multiplayer, it's fun, but it's, uh, I still really enjoy playing by myself, a single-player game. But you really, really enjoy Destiny, and I know that you're still playing Destiny. The single-player for Destiny was fine, it was okay, but there's nothing stellar about it, particularly story-wise, uh, and it's very much the multiplayer component. So why why does that work for you, uh, but other games might not? Or why would you not be excited about other games moving towards that type of model? Because there needs to be a diversity, right? Sure. And if we don't have a diversity, then what's the point? If we have all the same type of experiences, then we lose the thing that is very special about gaming. And if every game that comes out is a Destiny-type experience, then that's I don't want I don't want an industry like that. So I haven't touched touched Destiny in two weeks, right? That's because okay. I've been having these different types of gaming experiences that are out right now with South Park and with Shadow of War, and those are all dramatically different experiences. Right. And I can play them, and I can just get a different type of you know a different type of itch that's scratched with each game that I'm playing. If you get if every game is a multiplayer type, I have to play to level up to get more loot. I don't want that type of game in every game, right? And that's very upsetting. So my thing is, I just want more diversity in the type of experiences that I play. But it makes sense from a capitalistic point of view to release a Destiny type game or to release a Grand Theft Auto, where I'm constantly putting out updates that people need to pay for. Or I'm constantly putting things out across a 10-year span that are going to make people go back to a game. Whereas Witcher only has, like, what, a five-year lifespan? Sure. Or a two-year lifespan. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, five years is still pretty long. Yeah. I wonder yeah. what you just said uh, about having to pay for updates or, like, more content later on. If that's what people are a little bit upset about. Which is weird, right? Like, I already bought the game, and now you're releasing updates for it and stuff that sometimes I have to pay for, like different DLC is... It's at a premium of cost, however much money it does. It's not unfair, I guess, to charge people for that new content, but at the same time, it's not an entirely new game. And I understand it's a much lower price point than the $60 when I first picked up the game. But it's like, at what point would I stop caring and move on? So there's that, right? And then there's also, like... 
if there's so many games happening right now, I already spent 60 bucks on this, how many more dollars do I need to sink into this one game instead of moving on to another game? Gaming experiences are changing. A lot of people are just buying that one or, one or two games and just sticking to those one or two games. There's not a lot of people out there like myself who buy every game that comes out and then will spend like 10 to 20 hours on each game. Um, so I think in that in terms of that, people want more bang for their buck. They want to buy that one game and they want to have that like five year lifespan, ten year lifespan with it. So I think it's just, I think it's trends. I think that's what's changing with people. So I think the industry's trying to change with them, but it, I don't know, man. It's it's a hard question because I'm one person and I'm speaking for one person, and I don't know how a majority of people other people think. For example, Destiny. Like, Destiny streamlined a lot of stuff, right? And for a gamer like me, I like that. But for gamers that want to play Destiny for 10 years, they think Destiny's been ruined because they can't put 20 hours of Destiny a day <laughs> in order to get whatever they need for that game. 20 hours a day? Yeah, so, yeah, I know I'm exaggerating. Not by much, honestly, example. that's what's scary. So, but that's a perfect example. Um, people want to buy... People don't want to buy four to five games per month with so many games coming out. They want to buy that one game and they want to stick with that one game. So we're going to start lowering I, the prices then on some of these? It's like, if I'm going to well, buy a, a game... The prices that, are getting lowered. And that's, are they? that's a big reason why. Yeah, well, look at all these um, single-player games that are coming out this year that have been $40. Sure. And that's where... And that's what I think that EA and these games, are, these big companies are trying to get away from those type of experience because a lot of people are not trying to pay $60 for just like a 20-hour game anymore. But the, some of these things aren't, the 20 hours is being incredibly, uh, you're over-exaggerated because some of these games, if you're talking about the storyline, you beat the whole game in three hours. I sit in one one sit-down, it takes a, one baseball game to beat these video games that I paid 60 bucks for. Well, think about the games that have come out this year that have been under sixty dollars, and I'm not gonna have. I'm gonna struggle There's... with this because my brain sucks. But like um, that single player game that everyone's talking about that's gonna get game of the year that has the neuropsychology stuff in it. Um, what's it called? Senua's Sacrifice. Yeah, there we go. Right. So that game was like a twenty dollar, thirty dollar game. Arms was like a forty dollar game. I think Zelda was fifty, so that was a full price game. Mm, but Zelda's on these. Zelda's on Switch, which is a different price point. Yeah, true. But I said it's a full price game, so you can't really count that. Um, Excuse me. Well, I, I corrected myself. All right, I'm sorry. I just see, and I'm trying. I can't think of any others right now. But there are a lot of like indie title games that were like more single player experiences that you would see released for sixty dollars. There's a Cuphead for more forty dollars, thirty dollars, like a Stardew Valley. Like five years ago, we would have easily been released for sixty dollars right under our hand, right under our noses, because that's a full fledged single player experience. Right. And like a lot of these, if you notice, a lot of these single player experiences they go on sale really fast because a lot of people aren't buying them right off the gate. So. Right. That's what's weird. So like, uh, here's what here's what's weird about it for me. Like I understand EA's decision to shut it down because they want to make more money off their product and stuff. Like, I get that, and they're probably right, because these multiplayer games are selling like crazy. But at the same time, it doesn't mean, just because it's a single-player game, does not mean that it also won't be successful, as we've seen with Zelda and with um, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, Cuphead sold relatively well for a $20 game on Xbox Live. Yeah, but I don't think it's like how well it does off the gate. I think it's the lifespan 
I think that's why these companies are trying to go more of these multiplayer experiences because the lifespan is a little bit longer than a single player experience. And I keep using the Witcher, but the Witcher the bad experience because Project Red kind of updated that game for like a five or four, or maybe it was a two year span, but still that that's a really short amount of time. But like when you think about Battlefront, Battlefront had like a good, it was still updating, the last update came two years after that game's release and people were still kind of playing that. And that was a lukewarm multiplayer experience. Destiny 1, you had a whole bunch of people playing Destiny 1 throughout the entire lifespan. So if you have a very successful multiplayer experience, and I'm, and I, you have to be successful, right? You can't be like The Division or you can't be like For Honor and release one of these half-ass type multiplayer experience and think you're going to bamboozle people because you're not. It has to have some type of hook behind it. I think that's what these game these studios are going for. These big name EA studio type type EA studios are going for. It kind of sucks because for me, it seems like we're getting worse and worse stories out of video games. Even though we're getting better and better actors to act in them, we are getting much less impacting stories as far as I've seen in many of these video games. I can't remember the last time I played a game that really, truly like affected me with its storyline and it wasn't just like kill this bad guy walk to this bad guy afterwards unless it was something that was completely devoted to a single player experience so unless it was a really good story right right but that's what single player experiences allow and it seems like as far as for storytellers it's a much better medium than these big blockbuster multiplayer things where honestly for some of them a lot of them it's like i need to get through this story. That's how it feels. Like, I need to get through the story so it unlocks the more multiplayer stuff that I actually bought the game for. And and if that's the case, then don't even add that onto the game for me. But that, but that you're, you're like one in a million people that think like that, I guess. Am I? Why? Why? I don't understand that. I don't know. I don't understand it. I really don't understand it. I don't know if it's like the... I don't want to say one, a young person type thing. I think I'm a genius. That's probably what we're getting from Maybe that. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. It's the only thing that makes but sense. I, that's all I'm saying. I, I don't know. We're just seeing we're just seeing these Uncharted fours, these Horizons. We're seeing these type of titles die. Right. We're only seeing one or two of them release a year. Right. But then we're getting like eight Call of Duties per year, or we're getting like four Overwatch clones a year. I mean, so where does it end? But then Dishonored two didn't do well. I don't think Prey did well. So you have these single player experiences that are being released, but then they don't do well. Right. So. I mean, we have to see how Far Cry is going to do. We're going to have to see how Wolfenstein is going to do. I'll be very interested to see how Wolfenstein does, because not only is it a single-player experience, it's a single-player shooter experience, and that has really gone by the wayside. This yeah. genre that used to dominate for years and years and years, now, like, when was the last one? You know, it, it, you can count Far Cry, I guess, if you want, but it's not the same type of experience. Far Cry has that exploration and open world uh, Wolfenstein is it's putting you on a track and pushing you through a narrative and it's first person and it's a shooter yeah. it's one player maybe people just aren't interested in that anymore because it's hard to watch because Polygon makes a good point like those games are hard to stream so maybe that's it because people aren't going in to look in so like when you're talking like a Wolfenstein mm-hmm. like a streamlined type adventure people don't want to watch that people are more in tune to watch like an easy to easy digestible six-minute crucible match in destiny or like a quick call of duty match or a quick battlefront match they don't want to see like a full length full watch a single player 40 hour movie yeah exactly because that would take you some time for you to sit down 
right. and watch it. And I can't just hop into the middle of it and watch somebody playing one of these games that I don't know the story of. Right. And you can't make money off of these single-player experiences by releasing loot boxes, where it has like, these multiplayer experiences. You can release loot boxes. And it's a lot easier for people to like jump into loot boxes when it's a multiplayer experience. Because why am I going to spend money on something right. when I'm going to only put like 20 hours into it? You know. Let's play another fun round of pretend pets and idiot and explain to me what loot boxes are. And for people who might not have, for people who might not know what loot boxes are, a what they are, and why every uh, nerd on the internet is losing their mind over loot boxes currently. Well, according to the Overwatch Wikipedia, loot boxes are collectible items that contain a random selection of items, including alternate skins, oh, highlight intros, okay. emotes, voice lines, sprays, and more. And that's in terms of Overwatch. So Why would anyone be upset about that? Because they are dangling extra content in front of your face that you have to pay for, and a lot of people don't like that. Then that makes a lot of more sense. Yeah, it's upsetting because you have to put more money in to get. To, you have to put more. You have to put money, whereas you don't have to put hours into something in order to get something that a lot of people might clam, clamor for. Right. So if I just got a birthday card from my grandmother, rest her soul, and she gave me a hundred dollars and was like, "Have a wonderful birthday, young man," and I used that money to buy a whole bunch of stuff in a loot crate, I could pwn you in uh, online matchmaking play without having done any of the work to grind out getting the better weapons, the better material, just because my nice granny gave me some money. No. No. In some games, maybe. Um, and in some games, that is what people are complaining about. Mm-hmm. I believe so, because that is pay-to-win, and pay-to-win is very bad in video games. Yes. But in most cases, loot boxes are cosmetic-oriented. So you take that $100... You go, that Granny gave you, sweet old Granny gave you, and you go and you try to get, like, a very cool hat that no one else has. Why in the world would I ever spend money on a digital hat? Because digital hats are awesome. (sighs) Have you ever spent money on a, have you ever spent money on a cosmetic thing in a video game? Yes. You have? Yes. Recently? Yes. Oh my god, what can I didn't think you about it? I purchased like some silver in Destiny. What is silver you... allows you to purchase like cosmetic things like dances and shaders and things like that. How much did but you I spend? really wanted to dance, so I put like five dollars down. <laughs> oh, it was only five dollars? Yeah. Uh so it really sounds to me I'm less annoyed or upset with that type of thing. If it's a cosmetic it's your own money. If you want to spend it on that, go for it. You know, like, what's the difference between that other than it's real and tangible uh, and buying, like, an actual hat, like, in real life? You know, like, whatever. Spend your money however you want to spend it. It's not like that. <laughs> it's in a little like cases, that. Destiny, had, Destiny doesn't have, like, a loot box system. So, in most cases, like, Overwatch, the hat would be hidden, right? Okay. So I'd have to roll... Or I'd have to buy a bunch of boxes and hopefully roll the hat. And what roll means, hopefully open one of the boxes and the hat randomly be there. So that's where the problems come from. And a lot of, and a, another, where other problems come from is where you talked about with Granny giving you the money. The first example is some of these games allow you to purchase things that will make you a better, that will make you beat the game faster, right. in other words. So you're paying to win. That's where the problem comes from. 
So it's it's very very very. It's getting a, it's getting to be very big system with microtransactions in general. Okay, what you just said is gambling, which is what a lot of people have said that this is like and how they wish it was labeled, because that is the definition of gambling. I'm putting money in, spinning a wheel, basically, to hope that I get the outcome that I put money in for. Right. I mean, I guess no matter what, I'm getting something out of it, so it's not exactly like playing a slot machine or something like that. Because no matter what, I'm getting something, right? Yeah, you're getting something. Sometimes you're getting something amazing. Sometimes you're getting something that's not so good. So it's, it's, you know, scratching that gambling itch. So that's where a lot of the complaints are coming from. This sounds... And I get it. Yeah, I mean, I get that 100%. It sounds exactly like why everyone hates freemium games on cell phones. You're doing essentially the exact same thing. Except I've already paid for this game. It's not a free game. And it's a full game. So I have to pay for additional. So essentially I paid $60 for this game. And now you're making me play more money. And if I have a problem... I'm probably going to put like close to $300, $400 into this game to play the game on top of the cosmetic items that you're floating in front of me. Or in some instances, I'm paying to make my player, my character better, or I'm paying to get to be better than other people, which in that place, that's just toxic, toxic, toxic. Is this... Oh, God. This is, uh, this is awful to me because this signifies like an actual future of gaming for massive AAA titles, because this will be in every game. We're already seeing almost every game, not, sorry, that's not true, but a lot of the games that are released this month, big games, uh, big, big games, it's in there. It is true. It's in don't, Shadow... Don't contradict yourself. Think of the last big releases of the last couple of months to come out, and they pro- they all have loot boxes. Shadow of War has loot boxes. Um, uh, Destiny has loot boxes. Destiny has loot boxes. Uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2 will have loot boxes. Uh, Wolfenstein South Park will have loot boxes. South Park has loot boxes? I believe I saw somewhere that either South Park will have loot boxes or they might have some sort of. Yeah, they have. I think they have like loot. Yeah, no, I might be wrong. This is the so, new normal, man. This is what it's going to be like for all of these games going forward. Oh, yeah, they release a full game, and then they release, like, something else that I have to pay, like, an extra $40 for. How? Uh, why am I going to support this? Like, the games are great, but, like, I own a PS2, and I can load up old games that I had, and I didn't have to deal with any of this stuff, and I never will. And, like, every new game, even when I'm excited about it, it's still, like, I know that that's going to be a part of it. Yeah, well, do you support capitalism, then you need to support this. Yeah, they just wait for these companies to get more money. That's exactly what it is. They're just wringing it out of you, you know. Yeah, and it's just it's that's all it is. There's no other there's no other reason for them to do it other than pay more money, get more money out of this poor sucker. And are the games even are they better? Are they? I mean, that, that's what that's what's driving me crazy. Is that I would be I'd be more inclined to deal with this type of stuff if I was playing like totally mind-blowingly amazing games. But honestly, this year, I haven't played one, and to be fair, I haven't played Horizon or Breath of the Wild, two games that I think looked incredible. But have you played Yakuza? I haven't played Yakuza. Does it have have a... you played Nier Automata? Ugh, no. Have you, don't say you haven't played any breathtaking games this year, because there have been a lot of breathtaking games that have come out this year. Have there been but any from America? <laughs> I, I get exactly what you're saying. Um, and to back you up, I haven't played any breathtaking games that have required me to play put any money in the loot boxes this year at all. Like, at all. 
really don't get it. It's I just, really, I really don't get it. Other than to make company, to make the company money. Yeah, it's just to make money. Uh, I don't know, man. I get it. Like, I get it. I'd probably be doing the same thing if I was the shareholder for that company. But it doesn't well, mean that it's good for games. No, it's not. It's not. It's terrible for games, and it's terrible for America as a whole. Because basically, you're going to see these little like ways to milk money out of everything. Let's say... No matter what you get into. Yeah. So games have gone like mainstream or whatever, you know? Like, they've been pretty popular for a very long time. But now they're like, they're really mainstream. And this is what happens when things go mainstream. When things go mainstream, a whole bunch of people see how much money they can get out of it, and then a whole bunch of hands start getting in, and a whole bunch of cooks start getting in the kitchen, and the product starts suffering because of it. And that's why we see amazing indie games and a lot of AAA titles, which are supposed to be like what the best games are, kind of not that great. That's my opinion. Well, yeah, you're right, but that's where, well, specifically companies like EA, that's where they make all their money from. Right. So think about EA. They're the ones that are behind the Madden Ultimate Packs, and they have made so much money off of people buying those packs in order, like those trading cards to make their Ultimate Team better. That's where they, that's their bread and butter. So of course they're going to attack. So every EA game that's going to come out, you're going to see some sort of loot box, some sort of deep microtransaction attached to that game that's going to make you sick to your stomach. Because it's our fault, right? Yeah. We put money into this, so we deserve it. Everything that we get that's bad in life, we deserve. We put some type of effort into it, and we deserve <laughs> it for some reason. We and this brought is an this evil upon ourselves. Well, yeah, and now everyone's just like, well, don't buy games with loot boxes in it, but it's just like, well, what were you doing that? What were you doing five years ago when this was popping off? Yeah, may- maybe we could have stopped it from happening in the first place. Yeah, if you would have stopped putting so much money into your Madden and your NBA 2Ks and who else was doing it. I believe those were the games that were big time. And then you have, like, all these Dota that have, like, all these cosmetics that people are paying so much money to get. So it's like, don't tell me what to do. You were supporting this for years, and now all of a sudden it's in the games. It's every major game you see, and now you want to complain about it. Right. This is This is what Americans do. We sit back and we're complacent about stuff, and then when things hit a breaking point, or when someone we love brings it out to the forefront, then we get up our arms about it for a week, and then we go back to doing the same. That's what we're famous for. <laughs> that was quite the rant. Sorry. No, but, I, like I mean, it. this is it's it's frustrating, but what what are you gonna do? Yeah, right? I mean, at this point, it's uh, these aren't EA is not a game company, like. They're a game company. They make games, but they're a money machine. They're a giant corporation. Right. Like they're a money machine before they're a game company. Do you think they sit around and care if the games are good if they're making money? No, they don't give a crap. They're the same people who are gonna make the Transformers movies, like and any Mark Wahlberg movie. Really, if Mark Wahlberg's gonna be the star of your movie, they don't care if it's good or not. They care that they're making money off of Mark Wahlberg. Dude, they monopolize the NFL. Football games because NBA, NFL 2K was making dramatically better game than them, so they went and struck a deal with the NFL so they could be the only video game company to make football games, and then they released the same game for the last ten years. Yep. So EA is like they don't they want to make money. What am I not not supposed to respect that? This is the system that I was raised in, and it's working. I mean, they are making a lot of money. EA sits atop. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, and that's why Battlefront's coming out with a horrible loot loot box system. Right. Because they've been making money off of their loot box system before, and we haven't done anything before. And what's and ins- all of a sudden we're upset? Yeah, it's insane. What's insane to me is that I I still want to play Battlefront. I still do. I want to play it. 
I don't know if I want to spend $60 on it. Uh, well, Battlefront is interesting because I don't think the DLC is going to take, or the Microtransex is going to take terms with the single-player content. And let's be honest, the only reason why I want and a lot of people disagree, or not a lot of people, a lot of people will agree, a lot of people will be like, well, what? I, the only re- reason I want to play um, this game is because I want to get like some background into what was going on between Episode 5 and 6. So uh, it's six and it? seven, dude. Six and but... seven. My bad. Six and seven. Episode six and seven, and we don't have a lot of lore out there that really gives us what was going on in that time. Well, so if you read my reason. fan fiction, then. Oh, screw your fan fiction. It's boring. It's <laughs> tedious. It goes too long. You don't get to the points. You have way too much exposition. I just can't get into it. I can't get into your fan fiction. If you're into fan fiction, check out PatrickShanley.com. No, it's too late. Wide assort- the damage is done. <laughs> we have the wide assortment of Star Wars. Star Trek, Final Fantasy, what else are you into? It, it's scary how nerd. accurate a lot of the things you're saying are to what <laughs> I do in my free time. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you very well. I've known you for a lot of years. Uh, so, I got derailed from my rant. But yes, anyway, it's just, you're going to see a lot more of it. And the only reason why I'm excited to play this Battlefront is for the single player experience, and you're not going to see the microtransactions applied to that. Right. It's really the multiplayer experience where you have like these star cards. And these star cards, I think, are consumables, so you can only use them one time. So I think a lot of people are going to be paying money to get more star cards so they can make their player better in multiplayer. But I could be wrong, but I believe that is why there's a lot of rage towards this uh, microtransaction system. That's justifiable. Like, I get that. Like, I get the outrage at something like that happening. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I don't want any play to win in any of my video games. No, because uh, I, dude, that's that's bush league. That's that's craziness. Like I'm going to shenanigans. Put it, there we go. Shenanigans have called. Officially, we have declared shenanigans. 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 Stop that. <laughs> they have to stop right now. been incredibly negative this entire podcast let's look forward to some positive things uh the massive month of gaming that is the month of october 2017 rolls on next week uh here's some of the games that are coming out next week destiny 2 is coming out on pc which means nothing to me because i already have it on xbox and frankly if you play on a pc you're an uber nerd and i don't think you've ever seen the sun uh also coming out is knights of azor 2 bride of the new moon a game that i did not know about but was happy enough to get a review code for. Um, Road Rage, which is exciting to me because I played that game as a kid. I loved that game. Uh, Assassin. Different game. Different game. Am I thinking of Road Rash? Yeah, don't associate, don't associate the two together. That's all right. I'll just snip that out so nobody knows I'm an idiot. Yeah. Uh, Assassin's Creed Origins is coming out. That one takes place in Egypt. There's pyramids and a hawk or a falcon. Uh, Super Mario Odyssey, which will likely be the greatest game ever made by human beings in the world. Uh, Wolfenstein The New Colossus. Uh, if you're interested in that game, check out our last podcast where we had the uh, stars of it on. And then to round off the entire month, we have Bubsy, The Woolies Strike Back, The Return of Bubsy. Everyone's excited for that. <laughs> Bubsy's coming out next week? Yeah, you bet your buns it is. Shut up. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Why would I lie about that? What would I get? Absolutely right. Well, shut everything down because Bubsy coming out next week is probably the biggest news of it all. Cancel all your plans, everyone. Yeah, because that's the first game I'm going to buy. Who's doing those Black Forest games? Who's behind the who are behind the wonderful games such as the Airline Tycoon Deluxe, Hell Dorado, and Gianna Sisters. Love all those. Yeah, 
I'm picking me up some Bubsby. I love Bubsby. Bubsby. Bub- but yeah, Bubsy. Next week is going to be a big week. I think I'm picking up uh, Odyssey and maybe Wolfenstein. I'm going to wait on Assassin's Creed because I have Shadow of Mordor. They are okay. This isn't fair. I haven't played that much of Assassin's Creed. I've only played through the demos. But having played Shadow of Mordor quite a bit this past week, they're really similar games, at least to the past Assassin's Creed games. Like, they're shockingly similar games. Yeah, they're all the same. Yeah. I'm it's sorry, they're all the same. Yeah. Like, those action, um... Those hack and action, slash. What do you call them? Hack and slash, there you go, type game. But they're not... Are they hack and slash? Because you would really think that a Bayonetta would be a hack and slash, so yeah. these games are more like a... It's a button Arkham mess. Asylum type. Sure. type. You, you smash the X button a whole bunch. That's it. That's and you hit Y a couple times. So, yeah. Um, yeah, but I like those type of games. But I'm going to wait until I get some hours into Shadow of War because I'm really enjoying that. And as soon as I put my hands on Assassin's Creed, I'll probably just throw a Shadow of War to the side. So, And Assassin's Creed hopefully will be on sale pretty soon. Yeah, I would imagine it was because there will be a new Assassin's Creed three months from now after this one comes out. And Odyssey is just going to take so much of my soul. I'm just going to have to put a lot into that. And then South Park. God, there's just a lot of games, dude. South Park has been fun. It's a little boring, but I'm making my way through it just because the story is interesting. Is it funny? It's, it's funny. It's not as funny as the first one. I thought the Stick of Truth was hilarious. There were certain moments in Stick of Truth. the Stick of Truth was false Luol funny. I haven't laughed that hard in a video game ever, and I, I haven't had, this new game hasn't hit me, there are some parts in the early game that I laughed a lot, but it just hasn't hit me as, stick of truth. It's a slow burn. Yeah, I guess, we'll see, I'm about, I think I'm in the third act, and I've been, I'm enjoying it, I'm not like, it's not, I'm not gonna sit here, but it's just like, I, I can only play it in like, hour spurts. Yeah. I can't sit down and play it for long spurts of time, it's much more like the television show. Well, that sounds like a good um, I fought Kyle's cousin. That was hilarious. <laughs> so, if you like stereotypes. So, it's very offensive, but I thought it was pretty funny. They, they do some black jokes in it that are pretty funny. There's a black stripper in it that's really... Oh, yeah, <laughs> I know who you're talking about. And she said, <laughs> prescription. The way she says prescription is so stereotypical, but I laughed. So hard. So South Park <laughs> still got that about them that you know they can still offend but make you laugh at the same time. Right. So and then Shadow of War is just like <sighs> I really am enjoying Shadow of War, but it's pissing me off because I can't kill this one orc and it's getting to the point where like I'm dreaming about him. Can so, I tell you something? So this was I hadn't played Shadow of Mordor, and so this is my first time with like the Nemesis system, man. And I got so upset about this one orc beating me like three times in a row that I stopped playing the game because I was so angry in real life that I had to stop playing it, which probably says a lot about me as a person. No, they have designed this game in a way to give these characters personalities, and they talk, they say some stuff that kind of gets under your skin, and it pisses me off in a very, very, very good way. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the goal, right, is for you to want to come back and murder these orcs, but... Oh, yeah, for, like, I killed this one orc with fire, he came back, and now he's, like, a fiery berserker or whatever, and he's killed me, i not exaggerating, eight times, I cannot kill this dude, so, because, like, there's nothing I can take against him that 
Oh, I might take an Ulog against him. See, this is the type, this is why I like this game, because I have to think strategy. And uh, you were complaining because you were saying that a lot of this game is like Assassin's Creed. A lot of them, like, it's a lot the same. I think that what p puts this game over the over the top is the Nemesis system because you have to approach these different orcs with different strategies, which I'm really, really, really enjoying. And there's so many diverse popula er, personalities. Right. And it's just, it's, it's enjoyable. It's funny how it's a funny game and it's a fun game. It's kind of quirky and it's not what you'd think like if you were going around smashing orcs in mordor yeah because some of the orcs are really serious like there's this one orc who was like maggot infested i don't know if you ran over him in early game i haven't yet no um but he's like the first orc that and me and my roommate both ran into him but he's just like he's got maggots just like holes all on the left side of his skin and he just has this monologue about how he was left to dead and how he rose back to life. And it's really good. And then you have, like, this other orc who's, uh, like, sings, right? Um, and there's another orc who, like, speaks in rhyme. And there's another orc who's drunk all the time, who's constantly making, like, mistakes and things like that. So there's just the diversity of them, and I just have been enjoying it a lot. So I, can't, I can't complain it. I can't. Yeah. This is what I want from a game. Everyone's experience is different. Yeah, and that's what's so cool about that game, particularly. You know, not but only it has the, that loot box system. Yeah, but again, like it, it's not bothering me with it. Yeah, because I guess in the end game, you can't really play this game without the loot box system, which I haven't gotten there yet. But people that are there are enraged by it. Yeah. So I have to get there, and then once I get there, because I think I'm gonna get there. I think I'm pretty sure I'm gonna beat this game. I'm really enjoying it because it's not. Story heavy, because Lord of the Rings sucks. How Side note. dare you? Yeah, but I, I have heard that people are, like, upset about the end game to this game. Well, six years from now, when I finally get to that, I'll let you know how my feelings are on it. Yeah, yeah, you're 12 years later when you play Shadow War. There's just so many games, man. Yeah, but what are you playing right now? I don't think you're even playing anything. I can't stop playing Destiny. <laughs> I really like Destiny. That's good, though. That's good, though. At least you're playing Destiny. Yeah. So, I can't stop playing um, Shadow War, so we're in the same boat. Like, I, I really like that game, and I really like South Park, so those, I've been like going back and forth between those two. Good. I mean, that's the thing about this month, is that... Uh, this is weird. It's going to sound contradictory to what we said earlier, but this month has been a great month, not just for big games and really fun games, but also the games are really different. There's a lot of yeah, really different are. games this month. Yeah, that's why we need more Star Wars type games, dude. That's yeah, why we don't need just one Battlefront and then another Destiny Star Wars. We need these single player Witcher Star Wars and the like Telltale Star Wars. And I love Star Wars, right? and it's Me it's too. it's massive. So, and I'm serious. We should have four Star Wars titles released. Every like a cycle, it's a Star Wars game every year. Sure, it's madness that we don't. To be honest with you, like it's it's insanity that there are not more Star Wars games. It's one of the biggest universes that exists. There are so many I stories should, to tell. Absolutely, I should get a Star Wars game and a superhero game, superhero centric type game every year, every single year. And I don't understand why they make so much money in Hollywood. I don't understand why you don't make games yeah. like around there. It just seems stupid. Like, you're just leaving money on the table. We need to call the mayor of video games and get him on the show. We should. 
get the mayor of video games, but then it makes me sad because if it does really well, then we're only going to get superhero and Star Wars video games. We won't get anything else. So. But what if they're awesome? And Mario is one That's of them. True. That's true. No, keep Nintendo. Leave Nintendo alone. You you leave Nintendo out of it. Nintendo's Nintendo. Nintendo is Nintendo. Nintendo, we don't have to worry about loot boxes or any of this nonsense because Nintendo releases full releases once they comes out. That's so. true. And that's why they're going to win Game of the Year. Odyssey? Either Odyssey or Breath of the Wild. It doesn't but matter. I, I mean, I, like, it's dude, Nintendo Lockdown regardless. It's those. It's one of those two games. Yeah, because Odyssey, the stuff I've seen about around Odyssey has been like, wow. Yeah. Like, that's all I can think of yeah. to say. Nintendo so, Nintendo showed off this year a little bit. They really brought down the house. And if you don't have a Nintendo Switch, you should probably buy one. They buy Odyssey because that game is going to be like something else. Something, something, something else. All right. Well, lots to look forward to. Uh, as always, thank you, everybody, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, it is always a pleasure to speak for everybody. Speak for everybody. Yeah, uh, I meant that more speak here. so you could listen to it, not that I am the voice piece for all of video game land. Though, in a way, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much for coming by. If you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast to your right. It's over here. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, follow the show on Twitter. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Please subscribe and share if you have not. If you know somebody who likes video games and they like listening to people talk about said video games, why not send them to our podcast? Yeah, thank you for listening. Email us, donkeykongartist at gmail.com. The Donkey Kong Artist at gmail.com. That email will be up and running this tonight. We you want to email hear us there from with you. any questions, comments, concerns, complaints. Just don't be racist. Yeah, I mean, not, not like overly so, you know. No, just don't be racist. You just know, don't like, do it. Like. Good friends making jokes that might be a little no. bit blip. Every time you're racist, a company gets canceled by EA. You did this, yeah. racist. See? Yeah. EA's like, why were you racist towards Edmund? Shut up. No more Star Wars for Edmund.